Yeah, let's do it. All right, Sadie, uh, would you like to read us into this episode? So this is series two, episode four, Inca Mummy Girl, in which a school cultural exchange program becomes extremely problematic on many levels. <laughs> yes. Yes, I like that you're setting up the tone for this episode. Um, that, that pretty much covers it, right? So speak, speaking, of, speaking of, you know, the problematic and not or whatever, so um, this the name of this uh, episode is Inca Mummy Girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a description, but it's quite a dehumanizing description in a lot of ways. Do you know? Um, so, uh, you know, I've been doing my thing where I look at like the other the other countries, what they call the the episode, and pretty much everyone is like Inca Mommy Girl, Inca Mommy Girl, Inca Mommy Girl. Um, but I really like the Italian one. The Italian one's the only one that moves away from mummies, and the Italian says the chosen one, and I was like, oh, Italy gets it. Italy yeah, gets it's a much nicer one. Because Italy starts from a point of seeing the, the similarities, you know, the, the common yeah. experiences between Buffy and Ampata, as we call her. Uh, and maybe even the guy with the sword. He's a chosen one as well. Do you know, like, uh, we all have these responsibilities in our lives. The, the lines, the mm-hmm. battle lines are drawn before we're, mm-hmm. before we're born. Um, so I would just like to congratulate Italy on being perhaps the least problematic part of this episode. <laughs> Shall we like... <laughs> Shall we move Italy up our imaginary scoreboard then? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have the panache of uh, like the kind of... The, the, the impact of Japan uh, or Germany, but I think it's got a, it's got a quiet wisdom that, um, yeah. that, I, that yeah. I'm appreciating. Yeah. Well done, Italy, well done, Italy. if you're listening. Yeah. Brav, brav, bra, brava, Italia. Bravissimo. Um, bravissima. Yeah, <laughs> um, okay. And sorry for not speaking your language. Um, yes, yeah, so this episode is quite the ride. Um, I had, it's quite the ride. I had forgotten that series two is still sometimes series one. Yeah. Uh, which is the main... This is very series one, mm-hmm. this episode. Okay. Very serious one. So where's your notes start? My notes start with Uber suck. Um, I can't remember what Buffy refers to as being an Uber suck, but I just really like that um, that little comment from her. They're they're chatting. Th- they're like going through the garden outside the museum, and they're talking about the. They're talking about how the there's a cultural exchange program at the school, and people from various different places in the world are coming to Sunnydale and no one from Sunnydale seems to be going anywhere as far as we know no yeah like so what's the exchange you don't hear about anybody going away anywhere apart from Xander who does he say that his parents tried to send him to some Armenians they said he said they tried to sell him to some sell him oh that's even darker uh, that is pretty dark, yeah. And like, it does sound like he's probably joking. But, but I mean, it's a joke that's like a it's a joke that communicates, you know, that Xander's Z- letting them know that his home life isn't necessarily as idyllic as theirs. Do you know that's that, yes. that's what's happening there? Yes. yes. And he's doing it through yeah. humor because humor helps us 
engage with these emotions. Humor, especially, yeah. especially Xander. Especially Xander. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I mean, we never had anything like a exchange program in my school, so I don't know how it normally works. But it did seem strange to me that like lots of people are coming to stay in Sunnydale. But I don't know. Maybe people, maybe people from Sunnydale go somewhere else at another point in the year. I don't know. Um. Uh, so so yeah, the the they're brought to bring they're brought to see this mummy. Um. Uh, so the museum seems to be in on cultural exchange week. So it's something that both the school does as well as the museum. Yeah, but then also, what does the mummy? Is that completely unrelated that they're going to see an exhibit of mummies? No, that can't be related to the cultural exchange program, is it? Well, it seems to be because there's a banner up in the museum that says cultural exchange week or something, and then it says like the secret of the Incas or maybe the secret of South America or something like that, which we'll get into by the way. The 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 absolute lack of distinction between any part of South America <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> um. <laughs> So is this just like the town of Sunnydale runs this like festival, which is just like the rest of the year, everything the museum has on is just about California. And <laughs> then this, <laughs> for this for this one week, um, they have like people from different places come into the town, and um, and, and a mummy. they have an exhibit about another place, and and specifically, this is a mummy that you know when she says like that she's toured around the place, she mentions only like major cities, so it's gone to like mm. New York, Atlanta. Chicago, Sunnydale. Sunnydale, yeah, you know, so for their special cultural exchange. So they've really, they must have spent quite a lot of their budget um, in procuring this mummy for the cultural exchange week. So everything about the setup for this episode is weird. It is to begin with. However, I've got, I've got a twist for you. Mm-hmm. I have, I think I have met this mummy. Wait, what? Wait, what? So, the mummy that this is based on, so basically... This is based on a true story. It's based on a true story about a mummy who came to life. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, don't tease me. What are you talking about? No, the the mummy itself is based on... So, so basically, there are Incan mummies. Like, there are... Right. Because I was going to ask, like, I, I I only just watched this episode like half an hour ago, so I didn't uh, <laughs> have time to check. But I did wonder how much research the scriptwriters had done no, so, on the history of mummies. They did like enough to give it like a little bit of like local flavor, uh, but not quite enough to, to save themselves. Uh, right. You know. Um, so basically her name Ampata, uh, which is really confusing as well, actually, because her name isn't Ampata. The boy's name is Ampata. She steals the Peruvian boy's name because he's just known mm. as Peru boy or something like that. He's not given a name, um, but presumably, uh, yeah, yeah, no, no. I think we know her. We know his name was Ampata because that's why you know they go to the bus station. Yeah, like there. there will have been some kind of paperwork with him coming. Yeah, yeah. So her name's not really. Ampata. No, no. Her name is Inca Mummy Girl. You know, so. Uh, that's right it's in the episode title exactly so so the thing is apparently there's a there's a volcano called Ampato with an O at the end which would make more sense for a Peruvian boy's name because uh, you know Spanish male names rarely end in A that's more of a feminine ending but anyway um, there was a mummy found 
in like 1995 or something of like a really young girl that was buried up there and i don't know if they thought that she was buried uh alive to stop the volcano erupting or something like that i think it was that kind of thing like an offering to the volcano so obviously they read about that and were like wow you know imagine being a young girl who's been sacrificed to a volcano and blah 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 and you know i can i can kind of see you know the cogs start to turn that's quite a that's quite a affecting story and that's something that i do think i found like the most generous reading of this episode is that it humanizes history and i say mm-hmm. this as someone who i think has met this mummy so basically the mummy is apparently based on or the mummy that was inspired the story is juanita uh, was the name she was given, uh, which is like a nickname. Um, she was found in like 1995 or whatever. And she is in the this museum in Arequipa in Peru, uh, which was the first place I went to when I was in Peru um, was, this, was this town. And I went to that museum and I saw a mummy in that museum, which must have been Juanita. But I didn't realize at the time it was the same mummy that years wow. before... I had seen on on Buffy. Um, wow. So the mummy that we see in this episode, did they actually use that mummy? No, they didn't because Juanita is like much younger. Juanita was like 13 or 12 or, or something like that there. Um, whereas this is obviously a woman in the in the in the bloom, in the flower of of youth. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, I, I, I was only just while watching this episode that I realized I have met the Inca mummy girl formerly known as Ampata. And I didn't realize it. I didn't realize it until this week. Oh. So. Oh, it is really sad. So so this is what I'm saying. You know, I went to that museum. I looked at the mummy Mm -hmm. and I thought, that's quite cool. It's a mummy. There was a period where I thought, that's really dark. That, you know, this is a young child and Mm. whatever. But it happened so long ago that you're like, okay, well, that was like literally half a millennium ago and you know things are different and blah 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 so you just sort of like you absorb it as history and we have a way of treating history as like fiction because it was so long ago right and this is while watching this episode I have to say for all of the insensitivity in this episode for all of the very blunt cultural characterizations in this episode it does it, it raises the question of like, you know what, this is history, you go to a museum, you absorb it as if it's entertainment, but this was someone's life. This was someone's life. This was Juanita's Absolutely. life. This was Inca Mummy Girl's life, you know, and um, this, uh, yeah, do you know, I, it actually makes me feel like a little bit better about this episode than than I would from just watching it with my general, you know, 2021 vision on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's nice, Osh. I like that, that reading. Okay, but let's get back to making fun of it. Um, <laughs> let's see. My next, my next note. A human sacrifice. Oh, no, no. That's your note. Yeah, no. And then I say, what's quite interesting about this is how it humanizes history. But I've already talked about that. Um, Should we talk about Cordelia saying, isn't he lunchable? Lunchable. Oh, Sven. Is his name Sven? So she's seen a picture of him and then mm-hmm. he arrives. And yeah, Cordelia with Sven in this episode. I mean, it's it's a good payoff. It's a good it's a good punchline. 
when he speaks English and, you know, he thinks that she's just an idiot. Um, but it also raised questions about Sven is from Sweden and uh, the mummy is from South America and and part of the boy at the bus stop is from South America. So it is just cultural exchange from everywhere. The museum yeah. has just chosen to have a South America focus. It's not just a South American cultural exchange. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then is there, there's Greek people at the school, is that right? There's, is, there's is a there? Greek guy. Ah, I don't know. Maybe I heard that wrong. I thought there was a Greek guy. I... There's a Swedish guy. There, Yeah, so there seem to be people from all over. Mm-hmm. When they have their um, culture ball or whatever it's called, their their dance, we'll come back to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that oh, just God, seems yeah. to be like just a like a horror show of like I don't even know I don't even know what's going I, on. I, I I I insisted on like watching that like multiple times to take note of all the different costumes that I saw as well, and there was one that may surprise us uh, that I quite enjoyed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, I'm looking forward to coming the, back. To that. The least racist one is also the one that brought me the most joy, uh, as you can as you can what? imagine. Um, you know, uh, that's that's the way it should be. Uh, 100% Swedish, 100% gorgeous, 100% staying at my house. So, um, the the this weird kid. Uh, oh, so so we should start describing the episode again. Um, so mm. uh, they're all at the museum. They're all talking about the culture exchange is going to happen. People are going to arrive, and then Willow sees, or they see this weird kind of bullyish kid who's like scraping one of the masks or something. He's got really nice hair, though. He's like a horrible bully, mm-hmm. and they talk about him being not very bright. Is he Rodney? Rodney. Yeah, something like that, and also his fit. Rodney. His fit is quite good. You know the way he's wearing like kind of the zip up sports thing, no t shirt and a gold chain. It's it's mm. very normal people. It's very twenty twenty. Mm. You know, it, it works quite well actually. It's it's aged very well. Um, and yeah, lovely, really nice, like shiny, curly hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that won't. I like that. Him. Won't, that won't save him. That won't save him. No, um, I won't. Which actually raises the question, when he turns into a mummy, we don't see his curly hair, do we? No, I guess that's been, like, desiccated along with the rest of it. I don't no, know. No, because Ampata's got, um, the mummy has, like, has, like, hair. Oh, true. And she has, yeah. a, she has like, a butterfly clip in her hair. I noticed it. I paused oh. it. I paused it to see that when she anta- when she attacks the Peruvian boy at the bus station, she has a butterfly clip in her hair, which is like a really weird <clears throat> decision for the curators of the museum to make if they're if they're going to put a butterfly clip in her hair. Uh, but but anyway, Rodney was. <laughs> They've made a lot of really weird decisions before we even get to that point. Rodney so. decides that he's really into ceramics and he wants mm. to grab this plate off the mummy. Mm. And uh, as he, he's a funny boy, Rodney, because he seems to be like quite, yeah, he's like meant to be a bad boy, and he's like, oh, what are they gonna do, kick me out of school and stuff. But like, his interests are very geeky. Like he seems to be, yeah, he's kind of like a bad boy, but also just he really, he really likes pottery. Well, I think he just likes transgression. I think he's just into transgression, okay. to be honest. Um, okay. Because he's also like, he's doing something to, is it like a mask or something in the museum? He's like... He's scraping it. He's scraping bits of it off Damaging it, it yeah, in I think some he's, way. I, I didn't really understand what was going it. on yeah. there, but... 
All right, so he's not just being adorable; he's being naughty. No, I think he's being naughty. Yeah, he's he's asking for attention. Do you know, <laughs> like, um, and he breaks the plate, and and he gets some attention because the mummy opens her horrifying eyes, her horrifying like they're like little limpids. They're like those, you know, those like things that are like on corals, like little. You, you know what I mean? Like little things that live on rocks under the sea. Like her eyes open. It's just like. <laughs> yeah, little shellfish eyes. Yeah, right. Horrifying. Horrifying. Fall for the old, let me translate the ancient seal for you, come on. So stupid Rodney. And then we have. Were we with the Scooby gang in the library at that point? Yes, so... Um, Buffy boxing Giles. Buffy's boxing Giles, and then, you know, and then it's, it's introducing this theme about, like, she's a slayer, but she wants to have a social life, um, which is a theme we've, we've been to time and again, to be honest, at this point. Uh, then Buffy and Xander have a little chat about, like, you know, Xander not wanting, thinking about Willow's lips. Which Willow, yes. which Willow hears. It's quite a sad yes. moment. Um, he really doesn't fancy her. But do you know what? That's fine. That's totally fine, Willow. You'll do better. Because love is coming her way. Yeah. Oh, love is coming her way in this episode. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what? Oh, oh, so they all go to the museum together. And I really liked, I just really, there's something really cozy about the scene. Buffy, Willow. Xander, Giles, all four of them in the museum together as like a little gang. And you know, like when, when mm. all four of them are together, it's just like, it's just like such a nice energy. And you know, I just really liked that. And um, that's when uh, Willow notices that the mummy has braces. Mm. Uh, which sets us off that perhaps the mummy is not the mummy. And you know, uh, I guess the mummy is loose. Uh, oh, and they get attacked by the knife guy. Yes, so this knife guy who looks like a pirate. Uh-huh. Um, although, presumably, he's wearing olden days Inca clothes. Yeah. Um, and he... he he's yes, not, so he he's not. But <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> <that's> sure. <laughs> that's what I assumed they were going for. But yeah, no, he's just... he's He looks... He's dressed like a pirate. Yeah, yeah he looks more and, like a And he comes for them... And we don't yet know why. We're going to find out why. Yeah, but but here's the thing. So he's like the guardian of the, the mummy. Um, I'm happy to talk about this now because I have issues about his work ethic. He, ha- right. he has one job. Mm-hmm. He has one job and that job is stop the mummy from rising and killing people. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. where the fuck was he when Rodney Monson was being life force drained like like this is my question like he's all like oh he's got so much passion now and he's attacking people but like where the fuck was he he like followed the mummy all the way to sunnydale and then yeah. w- was he out for like you know was he out for a cigarette like what the fuck like how did do you know so i feel like he's projecting like i feel like all that violence and anger he's showing to the scooby totally. gang he's really directing towards himself because he has failed in his responsibility and do you know what like I do blame him. Yeah. Yeah. Is he like, is he also a dead person? No, I don't think so. Because is he more like 
like Giles or something where he's like a living person who's just had this job passed on to him. Or like Buffy. Like a what? Or like Buffy. Or like Buffy. Yeah, so this is like the chosen yeah. one, right? Like yeah, they yeah, all yeah. have their jobs, you know, so. I see. I see what's going on here. And and he's he's dropped the ball. And do you know who else has dropped the ball? Who? Buffy. Buffy. Because Buffy is supposed to be at the bus station picking, picking up. up her exchange and person. Hunter. And she she forgets about it because you know Slayer stuff, whatever, fine. Um and then arrives at the bus station late. Like, you know, it's all the whole thing, like, oh, we're late, we're late, like Ampada, Ampada. Uh and because they're late, Ampata is dead. Yes. Right? So, you know, and I think that it's because they talk about... So Buffy says, like, oh, we're going to pick up this guy. His name's Ampata. It's going to be the bus station. It's whatever. They're talking about that while they're around the mummy. So I think she picks up that information and is like, oh, this is my chance. I'll go to the bus station. I'll kill him and I'll assume oh, his shit, identity. that's a good point. So Buffy's pretty directly responsible for his death. In, like, in two ways. Like, indirectly in the way that she talked about it around the mummy and then like more directly in the sense that it's fucking it's sunny day yeah, man. buffy like you should you should know that like if someone arrives here and they they're like new to the country or whatever like you you meet them as soon as they come off that yeah, bus true because like if it wasn't the mummy it would have been like a vampire mm-hmm, exactly and 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 what i don't get is and then like just to zoom forward to the end of the episode just to kind of wrap this little bit up when they find out he's dead, they're just a bit like, "Oh, she killed him. She's the mummy." There's no, there's no soul searching. There's no, why was I late to pick him up from the bus? If that was me, I'd be like, "This man is dead because of me because I was late." And I get it. She can't save them all. I'm not blaming her for him dying. I'm just saying she gets Buffy... quite soul searching for a lot less at other points. Yeah, I'm like I'm I'm just really surprised that she doesn't like ask herself the question like you know if I had got there in time he would be alive. I mean, I guess know, maybe which, that which happens it... off screen. Presumably at some point she has to like inform his parents or someone does. Oh god, yeah, does Joyce have to make that phone call? Jesus. Surely. Imagine Joyce had to make that phone. No, no, it wouldn't be Joyce. It would be like it would be the school or the museum or the or the mayor, whoever's whoever running cultural exchange week. This cultural exchange week, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever job that is. Oh man. Anyway, I just think I just think it's a bit wild that there's no moment where Buffy goes, you know, I'm not saying it is her fault, but I'm saying she should at least consider whether it's her fault maybe that's it that's all i'm saying yeah <laughs> i mean yeah harsh but fair i think mm-hmm. you're a girl yes for many years now so the next thing i have is um basically okay so they meet ampada in the bus station yeah. and no, they meet okay, we're, we're going to call inca mummy girl ampata from now on yeah okay. so ampata was the boy who died the inca mummy girl has assumed his identity and become a very, very attractive... She's a 500-year-old mummy. She's become a very, very attractive teenage girl. Yes. Which is who she was before she got murdered. Yes, she has returned to being a very, very attractive teenage girl. Yeah. And, you know, we, we kind of come to understand where she's coming from. She was killed as a teenager. 
she never got to live her life and she is now like i'm gonna live my life but in order to do that she has to suck people's life force from them she's like fair enough really i'm on her side yeah, life suck for self care. Yeah, you know, and Buffy, Buffy pretty much ends live, up on her side live, as well. Live, laugh, life for suck. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. You got to look out for mm-hmm. number one. Yeah, yeah, you do. In this world. Um, so this is when it. I think this is when it starts to get. It starts to get quite like. <laughs> because, like, when Buffy's talking to her about like her life before, you know. <laughs> In South America, which is never, it's never, ever, like, she never says, I'm from Peru. No, Giles says she's from the same region. Region. As, which is like... Um, as the, the mummy girl. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure South America is, like, you know, twice the size of Europe or something. Massive. You know I mean? Hugely <laughs> culturally diverse. Yeah. In the sense of, like, you know, it would be like, if I had some sort of, you know... Ukrainian pictograms I wouldn't be like oh Sadie's from Scotland she's from the same region maybe she can help us and 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 Pata as we're calling her now mummy girl actually does make that point when Giles is like can you translate these pictograms and she's like why are you asking me that no but not like even in the conversation with Buffy she's like oh where are you from and she's like oh it's not like this it's it's very cramped and dead, <laughs> and 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 we we pick up that it's like oh she means like I was in a sarcophagus, yeah, and that's like quite funny. But it also means that you have to assume that Buffy thinks that someone coming from <laughs> South America being like my life is cramped and dead is that's like a really it. so funny. it's like a normal thing to be like yes it is yes of it course is. that's it for us we're just like yeah cramped and dead in the sarcophagus for Buffy she's just like sure. South America is <laughs> cramped and dead. <laughs> what I the know. hell? I know. And then like all this like, oh, no friends. There's just me. And like, you know, so everything she talks about not having. Again, we watch it being like, well, she's a mummy and that makes sense. And it's all very kind of affecting. But nobody else but, knows that. <laughs> yeah. No, like the people in the universe are just like, oh, Poor South American girl. They have nothing. Do you know? Like, um, and like when then, she's like, oh, your kitchen. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's amazing. Your kitchen, isn't it? Like she doesn't have one. And they don't know that she doesn't have one because she is. Lives in a sarcophagus. <laughs> and it's been dead for 500 years. Oh, it's then, so weird. Yeah. What does a girl have to do to impress you? Well, it involves a feather ball and a theme to a summer place. I can't discuss it. Okay, so so the next thing I've got is Oz. Oz, I wrote, I also wrote Oz with an exclamation. Oz, Oz is so short, he's so and I love cute. him. He's so oh, cute. Oh God! Oh, he's so lovely. So Oz is Oz is. I stand by. You know, I think Oz is the is the is the sex symbol of, of Buffy. Do you know? Absolutely. Um, I think he. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love Oz. I absolutely love Oz. And I know that he he's only in Buffy for kind of like a very kind of brief period, but it's the golden era and he's so key. And, and you know, and it's like what he brings out of Willow as well. And like, you know, is he only oh, there for a brief? I did not realise he's only in it for a brief period. He's only in it for like two two seasons, he's very, more or less. He's pretty classic Buffy for me. Like he's he plays a yeah. big part in a short time. 
and we've kind of spoiled there's going to be some Oz Willow stuff for the next two years we've, but I don't care spoiled everything. that's good that's a good spoiler <laughs> it's a good spoiler um I just love him I love him I love his hair that changed all the time I love his black nail polish Aww. do you know makes me think maybe he's bisexual as well definitely sure. you guys would you guys would be good <laughs> together you and Oz I could see that <laughs> So, so this is the first time. This is the first time we see. This is the first time we see Oz, and it's it's quite brief. But we already know. We already know that we are being set up to 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 recognize this person. You know, mm. like the the brief scenes he's been given. Um, and uh, then after Oz, we see Willow and Xander walking through the the grounds of the school, and then this is the second time. The second time, by the way, that Willow mentions her costume. Yes. So she she mentions her costume at the very, very start of the episode. I have the best costume for the dance. And I can't remember exactly what happens. But maybe like Buffy just keeps talking about something else or Xander keeps talking about something else. And then this is the second time she's like, I've got a really cool costume. I worked really hard on my costume. It's pretty cool. And then Xander's just like, oh, but what am I going to do about me? And And she gets cut off. And uh, this is the first time I've noticed this, but just the, the build up to the Willow costume is actually seeded for such a long time. But the point is that everyone just sort of kind of ignores Willow. She's sort of like, you know, she's Willow. She's your friend. You don't think about her costume that much. You know, she's just there to listen to your problems. And then we get her costume and it's adorable. Yeah. It's amazing. So wh- World Cultures Day, the idea is you have to dress up as a culture from the world at the bronze certainly yes anyway, at the bronze yes. yeah so there's sorry the world the world cultures dance that seems to be what it's called that's what i've written down anyway uh-huh, uh-huh. where they have to dress up so have i told you i've told you about the archive recordings i've been working on for work from oldham in the nine they're recorded in the 80s but they're like about life in oldham in like the 20s mostly mm-hmm, yeah you have have i told yeah. you about empire day uh, oh, tell me. <laughs> it's just really similar to this. So they used to have a week in school once a year where they talked about the benefits of empire and they had like lectures and lessons on how good the British empire was. And I'm, I, they had to dress I up mean, as people from parts of the British empire. I'm pretty sure Boris Johnson's bringing that back, to be fair. Um, Almost definitely. Anyway, I think it is as racist as it sounds. Yeah, yeah. They they don't. I, uh, yeah, they stopped that in like the twenties, thirties, <laughs> or whatever. But Sunnydale still got it going on. Yeah, and, and as I say, I'm pretty sure they're going to bring that back. That yeah. that is like the only place we're going. Um. So then, yeah, the next thing is just about Giles and Ampata and the ceramics. Mm-hmm. So I've just got. Translate the fucking pictograms, Giles. Yes. <laughs> like, like and all like, the languages that Giles can read. <laughs> I know, and it's like, it's like if I like if I had like an Egyptian friend, I wouldn't go to them with hieroglyphics. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like this is a language. Like these these pictograms, like that's not what people speak in. Even even if you accept that, it, like she's never said she's from Peru. She's never said she's from Peru. But let's say that. They know she's from Peru, mm-hmm. and this mummy is also from Peru. They've, they've at no point like no, people in Peru don't 
don't read ancient inking. It's like, like, I mean, they'll, it's they'll like... speak, they'll speak, they'll speak Quechua or, 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 or an indigenous language like that. But you know what I mean? Like these sorts of, um, like a pictographic language is not something that is in like common knowledge. And uh, no, it's like asking Giles. us to read like Pictish or something. Yeah, or Ogham or something like that. There, you know, in Ireland, Ogham, Owen. I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but you know, like lines and a fucking stones. Um. So so so, and then and then and then she says then, but then she reads it and she's accepts it and she's like, oh legend has it that blah 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 and i'm like what legend where where do they think you're from where are you saying you're from like 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 it's just weird that she is like both from south america and exactly this region of Peru and again, at the same time again, what? With, with no one ever clarifying any of it again at this point what we know as watchers of this is like mesh is really it doesn't quite work with what they know because like for us we know okay she can read it because she is this Incan princess but like as far as they like what do they think is going on yeah yeah like no one asks a question like oh isn't it quite weird that this girl is from exactly the same region as this mummy that's just risen from the fucking dead and has this expert knowledge of like how to read pictograms but also the like legend and mythology and history that goes with that in order to Mm -hmm. interpret it it's super weird and she does say she's like why are why are you asking me to read this and then he's like oh you're from roughly that region and then she just does (laughs) yeah this is this is i genuinely i think the script has let giles down here I don't doubt that, you know, like Buffy Willow Xander, they're, you know, in high school in the 90s, they might not get the differences here. But I, I feel like, I, in my heart, I feel like Giles does know better. And I feel like the script let him down here yeah. in in the in the very kind of broad strokes way that he approaches Ampata and, and the ceramic plate. And they've given him this really small teacup to drink from. And Giles is a man who's like properly into tea. And nobody who's properly into tea would drink tea from a teacup that small. It's ridiculous. Do you think he needs like a sports direct mug? Yeah, or just like, <laughs> just something like, nothing nothing that is that, because it's like, it's a teacup, it's really small, but it's also just got like a small base and then a really like large circular rim. I think I saw this teacup as well. I noticed it, and it's got like kind of like a—is it like yellow with like a maybe navy rim? Anyway, um, he—I'm I, I, actually go surprised cold so quickly. I'm surprised at Anthony Stewart Head for not telling the props people, being like, "No, that's like, not acceptable." Because even no, if you no, wanted, no Englishman like, would drink tea from a cup like this. Because <laughs> even if you wanted like that small an amount of tea, that's completely the wrong kind of container to hold it in because it's just going to go cold straight away. It's really stupid. Yeah, really stupid. So nothing yeah. about this scene is working for me, basically. <laughs> nothing. Uh, Willow is Willow wearing her bucket hat at this point? Oh, she is. Yeah. Is this the first time we see Willow in a bucket hat? I'm not sure. It's just it's so of its time, isn't it? I feel like I don't think we've seen Willow in a bucket hat I yet, and she does wear. Time, yeah. I think she wears a bucket hat like in various moments of series two and three, and yeah, they're all they're all good moments. I was gonna say, um, are the kids not really into bucket hats now? But I think that was a few years ago that they made their comeback. Oh, They've probably yeah, gone no, again. Those, now. Kid, those kids are adults now, probably. Uh, no, it is. Why are you asking me? 
so then it's Giles, uh, not Giles, uh, Xander and Ampada are on what I think are the bleachers. I, think I those call are these bleachers, the bleachers. Yeah. yeah. Eating their snack uh, food. Their snack food. The creamy white substance of goodness. Are these Twinkies? And is he not allowed to say Twinkies because they don't have like a deal with them or whatever? So weirdly, I think they're Twinkies, but I don't know how I know that if he didn't say it. And I've never eaten a Twinkie. I've never eaten so presumably one, this but is, like I've heard a lot. I about think this them. is this must be my like kind of internalized, you know, deep Buffy knowledge that that has told me that they're Twinkies. Yeah, that's the only like I wouldn't know what a Twinkie is. I don't know. I feel look, like they come up a lot in American TV, and I've maybe picked this up over the years. I've heard the name, but this is the only time I've ever seen one. We really need you to know. have like an American person to ask these yeah. questions to. I don't think I'd like a Twinkie though. It looked it was like a cake with cream inside it, basically. I think so. Is it like yeah, like they look a little bit like yum yums on the outside, but I don't think they are like yum yums. We need someone to invite us onto one of those like BuzzFeed things where like. Scottish Irish podcast teams try American snack foods. <laughs> I mean, we could definitely just do that ourselves. That would be quite fun. Yeah, yeah. If anyone wants to send us some Twinkies or snack foods from wherever you're from, uh, you know, that would be <laughs> a nice little spin-off. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think we do a good job of that. Um. So then Steven Seagal arrives, right? Yeah. Uh, and um, he chops. Chops down. He looks like Steven Seagal. He really does. He looks so much yeah. like Steven Seagal. Is it? Uh, no, it's not Steven oh. Seagal. Apparently, this guy's been in Twilight, though. Oh, I never watched uh, The it. Twilight Saga, in fact. So he's, you know, I, I don't know. I haven't watched it. Um, oh, oh, uh, one more line that I just really like um, is when um, Buffy's talk, they're doing research and Willow goes, Oh, yes, I'm caring about mummies. <laughs> but she's actually not caring about mummies because she's really sad that Xander doesn't fancy her. Chin up, Willow. It's gonna be okay. She's so good in this episode. She really she's is. Really good she's in the episode. Good. But she's sad. I don't want her to be sad. Yeah. But she doesn't need to be sad. She's only gonna be sad for a little bit, and then um, her problems will be melting away soon. Sorry yeah. for the spoilers. What's it like back home? Cramped and very dead. Uh, then Buffy's up in the bedroom with Ampata. Oh, yeah. And Getting then... a little bit handsy over Ampata's stuff. This is what I was going to say. Like, you don't unpack someone else's clothes. <laughs> like... That is not a thing you do. <laughs> so Buffy's like, because I can see how, like, if you were just a bit, like, clueless and buffoony and you were just trying to be helpful you might be like oh you're busy i could unpack your clothes for you but empath is like no don't unpack my clothes that's ridiculous yeah and then and Buffy's like, like no i insist <laughs> and then does she not like even though empath has said no does she not like start like pulling out her pants anyway yeah 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 and then buffy has the temerity to look at these masculine underpants and and look at them like that's weird and i'm like do you know what's weird buffy is that you've been told to stay out of her fucking clothes for like five minutes now and you just keep ignoring her it's so strange you know? like, what's but, but then but then she does get brought down to earth doesn't she because ampata opens a drawer and then buffy knows how it feels yeah absolutely because ampata ampata was about to discover her jar of communion wafers <laughs> and, <laughs> and buffy has to go and close that shit 
you both got weird shit in your in your drawers. Which yeah. I get, you know, we're showing, we're seeing like similarity between the two of them again and stuff. And I know. And then and then and then Amparo's talking to Buffy, and she's like, "Oh, you remind me of someone from long ago." who was very beautiful and wise and generous and kind. And it's like, it was me. (laughs) (laughs) And again, we have that really uncomfortable thing in the script that doesn't quite hang together. Where like, for us, we've like this, like really not working dramatic irony. Where like for us, we're like, oh, she means her, and she's the mummy. But from Buffy's point of view, if you you just like zone out the knowledge you have and you just imagine yourself in Buffy's shoes, what yeah. is she talking about? No, no, but this is the thing. It works. It works if you assume that everyone is racist about South America. Right. It works yeah. if you assume that everyone's like, oh, she's from South America. She can she can translate these pictograms. Oh, she's from South America. Everything's dead and cramped. Oh, she's from South America. Therefore, she knows all of these legends or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, it 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 doesn't work now because we 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 ask more from people. We ask for a little bit more engagement. Um, you know, but it but it does work if you think. Oh, Buffy would accept that because she assumes that because Ampada is from South America, therefore she knows the legends, she reads the pictograms. <laughs> Do you know so she's if you were from being a dead and cramped really place? Really generous in your reading. Could you say that like the dramatic irony of it is exposing people's mis- racist misconceptions of South America? If you were being very really, generous, really generous, I think if you were being very generous, yeah. But but all of the things that Ampada says rely on you basically rely on you basically assuming the life of a mummy in a sarcophagus it has some kind of similarities <laughs> with the life of anybody from South America. Really Do you know, cool. just like South America, just just that region, that region. Oh. Um. But yeah, yeah, there's quite a few moments in this episode where, where that happens and, and you're just supposed to be like, oh, Buffy feels sorry for Ampata because she's from South America. Oh, man. You know, but but then and then and then speaking of that, we have the little Joyce scene in the episode. Oh, Joyce. Oh, we do. Joyce looks like in this scene, Joyce looks like she's just on her night routine. Yeah, she does. Her hair, her hair is a little bit off her face. Mm-hmm. You don't really see much makeup. I think she's just kind of put in maybe some serums, mm. like some night serums, kind of, you know, around the eye or whatever. we know she's, she's like, yeah. a woman who knows how to moisturize. We talked she about that in the last is. episode. Do you think she has like the little bottles from The Ordinary? Oh, absolutely. Like, that's like... what I have. So mm. I would assume that Joyce has the same. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine Joyce's skincare routine is probably pretty similar to yours. And it's quite an odd little scene for Joyce because, I mean, I love seeing Joyce and she's she just pops up to be sort of like, oh, Buffy's not going to the dance, but you are. And then she goes like, what does she say? She says like, so, uh... And Pata's like, oh, oh, she's like, could, she says to Ampata like, oh, could, sorry to the Incan mummy girl. Oh, can you like persuade my daughter to go to the dance as well? Because she's like trying to get Buffy to like live her life. And then Ampata's like, oh, she's very stubborn. And then Joyce is like, oh, I'm glad someone else knows. And yeah, they do like, yeah. she does like a little look at Ampata and then she does like a little look at Buffy like, mm. I know she raises her eyebrows and then Buffy like lowers her eyebrows and then Joyce is like, I raise my eyebrows. It's lovely. Um, And then, but then she's like, she's really fitting in. 
She's really fitting in. She's only a few days in America and she's really fitting in. And it's a very it's a very apple pie it's a very apple pie comment from Joyce it's, there. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah. You know, and and I mean there are problems with that, but like Joyce Joyce is trying her best in the nineties and <laughs> It's not Joyce's know, best moment, but her hair does look really nice. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm sure that her skin will feel the benefit of the routine that she's just done. Yeah, you know. Totally. Um so yeah. I think she's probably got another couple serums to go before she goes to sleep. Yeah, I think she's maybe like put in like the vitamin C and she's like waiting for it to all tingle off before she like does the next thing. She's got to put on her um, natural moisturizing factors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And her azaleic acid. (laughs) Um, Okay. Xander, the country of white trash. Yeah, so they so Xander has his costume on for the, um, the culture. What's it called again? The culture world cultures dance. I so don't understand costume... what he says about his costume at all, or what his costume is supposed to be. And I think okay, that's so... to my credit, to be honest. <laughs> so his his costume, uh, he says he's from the country of Leone. Which I took to be Sergio Leone, you know, who did all like the spaghetti westerns uh, oh, films. Okay. So that would make you think that he is some kind of cowboy person, mm-hmm. right? Um, but that's not necessarily, I guess, how cowboys dress in my mind. But maybe they did dress like that in spaghetti westerns. I'm not sure. He looks quite a lot like a gaucho. He looks like um he looks like an Argentinian or or like an Uruguayan cowboy actually because okay. it's kind of like a poncho thing he's wearing, um, but uh yeah that's that's his costume. What's Aunt Pa's costume? I don't know. It's like it's, she's just wearing a very nice, nice dress. Yeah, like she looks beautiful. She's from like Foxy Landia, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, uh yeah, and then Xander says that thing about Buffy being from the land of white trash, which again. That felt, that felt, you know, there's a lot of problems in Buffy, but I feel like classism isn't one of the ones that like sticks out in my head of being one of its blind spots. Hmm. But, but it was, it felt, it felt like, Jesus Christ. Also, just what the hell is he talking about? Because everybody in Buffy wears dungarees all the time and they look great and it's like a perfectly acceptable thing to wear at Sunnydale High. So I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah, Willow wears dungarees quite a lot. All the actually. time, yeah. But like, yeah, I feel like quite a lot. I think that's that. That's Sanders' own insecurities. Yeah, yeah. About about yeah. about his family's precarity. I think he's. I think he's sort of projecting outwards. Get punchy. You fruit drinky. Costumes. What we need to talk about costumes. The, what what the fuck is happening at the bronze? What what the fuck is happening at the bronze? <laughs> Like, well, you tell me. You tell me. <laughs> There's a tower made of cheese. <laughs> an Eiffel Tower. It's an, an Eiffel Tower made of cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why that's is it the made culture. Because, like, it's French and cheese. It's, yeah, maybe, I guess. It's so, made yeah. of cheddar cheese, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, Have you. So, so, what costumes have you noticed at the bronze? Have, as, like, if you were, like, you know, even without paying too much attention, when you imagine the scene at the bronze, what kind of costumes do you see? In your Jesus. Head? So, Cordelia has got on, like, a bikini with lots of flowers. Which I presume is Hawaii. I guess so. 
Which I'm not sure that counts being a state of the United States, but whatever, do you know? Yeah. It, feel, it feels like a, like obviously Hawaii has its own culture or whatever, but it also feels like, is the, is the whole point, I don't know. I, I mean, what is the point? <laughs> what is the point? Yeah, what is the point? What is the whole point? Um, obviously Willow is an Eskimo. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the harpoon. She looks, I really want that coat. Um, because mm-hmm. it's been very cold this week, and I think that I'd be very warm in that coat. She's dressed for the weather in, I was going to say in Glasgow, but also in Manchester now mm-hmm. in January. Less so for a club. Uh, Cordelia's got a few friends that are dressed as geishas. Yeah, she does, doesn't she? Uh, there's some guy who's dressed as like an Arab sheik mm-hmm. in the background. Um... And I, I can only presume that Justin Trudeau was there as as some sort of uh, Jamaican, you know, Rastafarian or something. Wait, what? Is this like a reference to something that's happened in real life? Oh, do you not know about no, this? Justin I don't Trudeau. know about this. Oh, he loves blacking up. What? There's like, yeah, yeah. Like there's like there's like basically like a picture of him came a picture came out of him blacking up, and then he like kind of said like, oh, you know people do things or whatever but then he like he kind of refused to say it was one time or something like i don't know people like were like oh you know i, I don't know he was asked a question and he like obfuscated about it and then the reason he did, refused to say it was one time was because there was like multiple then more and more photos came of him just like every time he went for like a fancy dress he was like black up um much like as we talked about in the talent show at my school whenever you get a really good reaction to it the first right. time you do it you think Oh, that was great last time I was Bob Marley. This time I'll be Ella Fitzgerald and everyone will love it. You know what I mean? So I can only presume that Justin Trudeau was somewhere in the bronze as well. I mean, it's like 1997. I'm sure he was the right age. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Sven, the Swedish guy, is he yeah. dressed as a Swedish person? So he's dressed as, well, he's a Viking. Ah. Uh-huh. So are we supposed to take that he's dressed as himself? I like suppose, he's, he's or he's dressed as his own culture. But then I suppose Viking isn't really his culture, in that culture changes over time. Yeah, but that's not the understanding of culture that the bronze has. No, <laughs> but maybe Sven's understanding of culture is a little bit more sophisticated than the Sunnydale Cultural Exchange Festival. I also wonder where they get all of their costumes from. So, mm. like. Did did Sven bring that, or did Cordelia dress him? Oh, that could explain it. Which also raises questions about Ampata's lovely dress. Is there any point where Buffy says, "My dress looks lovely on you," because Ampata only has boys' clothes? Yeah, maybe it's something that she had from her mummy <laughs> days. I don't, I don't think, think those were the Incan know. fashions back then. No. No. Um, and then, uh, oh, so so one costume I saw that gave me quite a lot of joy is there is somebody in Cordelia's friend group mm-hmm. who has dressed as a sexy Highlander. I did not spot that. I can I I I I have looked at her quite a few times, and I think that she is supposed to be Scotland because she's wearing a Scotch bonnet on like the side, like mm-hmm. like kind of like on like, kind of. Uh, uh, skew on her head and she's wearing 
a kind of like a little waistcoat with a kind of tweedy thing and then like a pleated plaid skirt uh that again it looks it looks like it's supposed to be maybe a kilt or something but she seemed to be and like it's not it's not like a believable scottish person because it's like kind of too glittery and tight and stuff but i think that she was supposed to be like a sexy highlander i think that was her costume oh that's really cute so it's like cordelia's got a few so cordelia's like hawaii and she's got like two geisha friends and then she's got this like sexy highlander which you know Again, awards for the least problematic costume of the night. <laughs> oh, that's so um yeah, the whole Cuz you can't be racist against Scottish people. Yeah, it's exactly, true. Exactly. Yeah. The whole thing is there are there any Irish? Are there any people they're dressed as Ireland? Did you spot anyone? No, but I think that Jonathan is maybe I think he's supposed to be Crocodile Dundee. Okay. Which again is another like you know it's Australia whatever dress as crocodile Dundee if you want to I don't care no one cares, um, oh. I didn't see any I didn't see any offensive Irish costumes. Oh, the whole thing is just a really strange day, and again it does kind of beg the question of what is the bronze as well, because at other times <clears throat> the bronze is a genuinely cool club for adults and at this point <laughs> like it's it's funny like how many of their kind of high because is this like a high school event there's a lot of high school events that take place at the bronze yeah and like, i mean sunnydale seems to be a considerably sized town mm-hmm. right like it's it's got it's a university big, right it's got it's got a university it's big enough to attract this mummy yeah, yeah. Uh, for an exhibition so we presume that like you know like i'm from like a small town in ireland and there's at least you know 12 pubs in mm. this tiny town of you know whatever how many people um so like i presume that the, the, the this town that Sunnydale has more than one venue. It's not just well, that it has that, one like, venue. Well, like you know, they mentioned in the last episode. Um, oh, what was her name again? Crap, the the badass girl who went to the dive. Oh, bar. she goes to somewhere called like the fish tank. The fish tank. That yeah, was it. Yeah. So there the are there are other places in San, but the bronze <laughs> seems to be like it is both a cool club for grown ups and a cafe. And like a community center with links to the high school. Uh huh. Uh, you're just like, yeah, that's completely acceptable. Why is that weird, Sadie? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, uh, like you would think that the high school would put the dance on, um, because we know that. Well, so like in in the next series, we'll see that Sunnydale has a prom. So like it has yeah. a it has a room, like presumably a gymnasium where it can put on yeah, like a large event. That's it. Yeah. But on the fin- the finale of season one, the spring fling was happening at the bronze. Yeah, everyone yeah. Was like, well, this is, the this is what I mean. So like, so it our, seems our to, it high seems school to, events yeah. didn't get put on. The school wouldn't pay for an external venue to put on no. event like this. So it just goes on in the hall. So maybe this isn't a high. No, I think this is a high school event, isn't it? Because it's connected to like the school's cultural exchange program, or is the museum? But, but or it could be a Sunnydale. It could be a Sunnydale wide cultural exchange program that the school is part of could be because the the i mean the museum's part of it yeah yeah the museum's part of it so yeah i just i just really don't know what's going on with sunnydale's cultural exchange program in general what kind of girl travels with a mummified corpse and doesn't even pack a lipstick 
oh, oh, oh. And then, like, as she's, like, kissing Jonathan, I, this was the first time I noticed all episode. Presumably, this has been happening the entire way through the episode. <laughs> where I was like, fucking pan pipes. Oh, shit, man. I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah. Because, because oh. Peru. So, like, all of the music is like, <laughs> like, fucking oh, pan pipes the whole way through. Oh, I was listening to a radio thing the other day, which we'll go unnamed, but um, <laughs> I was listening to it and it was like, and now we're in Glasgow to talk to this person. And they played like, probably Irish, like fiddle music. And I was just like, and then later on they did like a bad fake Scottish accent. It was pretty, pretty shit. Oh God. Oh no. Yeah, let's not name that one then. No. Uh, okay, what have, what, pipes, have, you, have you got any notes around this uh, portion of the episode? Not so much. So do they So do they just use pan pipes when she's sucking people's souls? Or is it... They just, they just kind of use pan pipes when she's around, I believe. Oh, right. Do you know, okay, yeah. like if, they, if they're using any score when she's around, there's, like, there's a pan pipe to be found, you know? Yeah. Um, just for that Andean, Andean flavor, you know? <laughs> Uh, or whatever she's from. So they, 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 so she goes to kiss Xander, or Xander walks in on her trying to suck off, uh, suck off, <laughs> suck I mean, out. Yeah. I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> Jonathan's life, and then she, she kind of does the same with Xander, who falls to the ground, and then she's like, "No, I can't do this." So it uh, does. It's it's curious. <clears throat> um, the whole soul sucking. Because, so she she doesn't want to suck Xander's soul because she likes him. Because she likes him. Because she likes him. So, like, she sort of, but she can't kiss him without sucking his soul. But then she kind of, she does kiss him without sucking his soul at one point, but only for a little bit, and then she starts to suck his soul. So I take it the soul sucking thing is, like, involuntary and it just happens when she kisses somebody? No, so I was wondering about mm, this as well, because is there not a period where she's kissing him where she isn't sucking his yeah, soul? Yeah, but then she starts sucking his soul, so I don't know if, like, she can sort of... Does she have to, like, actively try to not suck someone's soul when she kisses them if she doesn't want to? So I used to think that she couldn't kiss someone without sucking their soul. Now I think she is in control of soul sucking, but only as in control of any of our urges we are at any point. So is it a bit like the first time like Angel and Buffy kiss and then he goes all vampire on her? A little bit. Or our yeah, I won't spoil, but another angel sort of. So it's of... like the urges are fighting. Yeah, within. yeah, do you know. So, yeah. so I feel, I feel like she's like, oh, I'm able to kiss you, but I, I need your life, and then at yeah. some point she just gets wrapped up in the moment and like sucks his soul. So I think yeah. that you know, you know, technically speaking, she could probably kiss and not suck his soul. But I feel like that actually, you know, she's we're also saying getting, she's getting we're hungry. saying that we're saying that we're saying this as people who don't feel the urges that she feels, and you're we're right. not we're not, right. we're not we're not you know kind of struggling with the same demons yeah, that she is. So I wouldn't want to cast aspersions. You know? No, you're totally right. You're totally right. And like, yeah, and also she's kind of getting hungry for souls. So maybe it becomes mm-hmm. more difficult the hungrier she gets. Yeah, like but you Zander- know, I'm in control. Like I can choose whether or not to eat a bit of toast <laughs> to a point <laughs> but like 
<laughs> but like if I if I hadn't eaten anything for three days and there was a bit of toast in front of me. Yeah. And you told me to like kiss the toast but not bite and yeah, it would be Yeah, hard. yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. It's like if you if you like kiss the toast but not eat it. That's the That'd position be hard, she's in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right? Um So Xander, he falls to the floor. Uh, Buffy turns up to the bronze with Giles, I think, and they find Willow, and then they find Xander, and Xander looks very pasty, <laughs> very very pasty. Toast now. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, back on track. Your hands feel kind of rough. Mm. Oh no, sorry, sorry. Buffy goes to the bronze. Giles is at the museum, so Giles is there. Yeah. Gluing his pictograms together. He's having a really nice time. It's like a little craft project for him. Like, He's like, oh, this this chap here. <laughs> you know? This little chap goes with this little chap. And, oh, look, the little bird matches up with it. It's like he's doing a jigsaw or something. It's so really cute. weirdly, weirdly, like, why does Ampata go back to the coffin? Like, she's just tried to suck Xander's soul. And... You would think she would just go and take a snack somewhere and then come back to the bronze, but she, she feels. Wants to be with... Is she trying to like destroy the seal? Is that what it is? But the does she know? Xander, she, how does she know about text. the seal? Like, how does she know that Xander, that Giles is fixing the seal? Oh, maybe she can <laughs> feel it. Maybe she. Maybe she can it, feel yeah. it. Okay, she senses it. So she senses that Giles we're is fixing. We're having to do a lot of work yeah. for this episode to make it we work. Really are, like yeah. we're really having a. <laughs> we're we're really trying. <laughs> So she gets there, and then as just as Giles is about to stick the last piece on, she picks it up and goes smash, mm. and then starts to starts to choke Giles. Is that correct? Just yeah. as like just it, just as the Scoobies arrive. Mm. So the Scoobies arrive, and then she grabs Willow, mm-hmm. and is about to suck Willow's life force, mm. and then Xander's like, no. Those are my friend's lips. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to eat me instead. Oh, 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 but, but. So at some point during this fight, this is important to note, <clears throat> uh, Ampata knocks Giles out mm. and and he falls into the sarcophagus. Yes. Right, he slumps into the sarcophagus. Okay, so just, just leaving that there. And then it was like, okay, Xander, Willow, Ampata, fight, fight, fight. And then... And then Buffy turns up and and Sarah Michelle Gellar relishes delivering this line. She's like, I'll say one thing for you mummies. You know, kiss and tell. Oh, it's lovely. It's, it's really good. It's delivered by a woman like 60 years her senior. Uh, but I fucking love it. Um, so then they have a fight. And then there's a point where <clears throat> Ampata knocks Buffy out. Mm-hmm throws her into the coffin and then closes the sarcophagus on top of her. So ah. a question I have is we never see Giles get out of the sarcophagus. <laughs> so so as far as we're led to believe, Buffy is like on top of Giles inside the sarcophagus <laughs> for a period of time. <laughs> Which is just a very strange thing to think about. It's it's cramped and dead. That's what it's that cramped is. and dead in there. And if both Buffy and Giles are in that sarcophagus at the same time, I'm sorry, 
But even even given the Slayer Watcher dynamics, I think they're both a bit uncomfortable. About yeah, that. I think so. Which like, is probably not, why they never discuss it again. Like I'm, I mean, I love you, but I don't know if I want to be in a sarcophagus with you together. Do you know what I mean? Like it's okay, you know, if you're, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> But you know, if you're in a sarcophagus, that that sort of—it's close, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a very desperate point in your life. You don't necessarily want to be sharing it. With, no, you know, I know, and even just the practicalities of like breathing and stuff—it's yeah, mm. it, it would be uncomfortable. So presumably, they're both in the sarcophagus together with the lid closed, which mm-hmm. is just uh, seven minutes in heaven. I don't want to think about. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And then I can't quite remember the. the, the Do you know the, what? Like I totally choose to believe that the two of them <laughs> just said like very being very careful not to touch each other in any kind of uncomfortable <laughs> way. Like Giles has his hands flattened against his chest <laughs> so that he can't possibly make her feel uncomfortable by touching her in the wrong place. And Buffy's yeah. doing the same. They're just both like. They've got like, their hands crossed over their chest and they're just staying very, very still until they can get out of the sarcophagus. That's why I choose to believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I just, it's, it's never, it's never, it's never uh, referred to that they must yeah. be sharing the sarcophagus together, which I think is weird. Anyway, so Buffy jumps out and then uh, Ampata is like trying to suck Xander's life and then turns into a mummy because she just doesn't have any life left in her. Mm, he just has Buffy- to like hold her off. So he does like, it's like they're about to kiss and it's all romantic. Like, well, they won't they? Like, you know, they're coming in for a kiss and then he just like teases her for just long enough that she turns into a mummy. It's good. And then, and and then, then Buffy's able to off. rip her arms off. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um... And her texture is very funny at this point. She's like turned back into a mummy and then her arms get ripped off, but they kind of look like they have kind of like almost like sinew tendon Yeah, like, like, like webbing. Webbing kind of holding them together, yeah. which gets pulled apart. But then she falls on the ground and she kind of at that point sort of has the texture of like ceramic stuff or pot. Like she sort of shatters. Yeah, she's like, able to like clay. break apart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then another question I had was, what now? Like, okay, right, so Ampata, Juanita, whatever the mummy is called, we're supposed to assume that she was sacrificed for some reason, right? Mm. And we have this guardian, Steven Seagal guy, mm-hmm. who is there to make sure that she stays dead. Mm. Right, so... What happens now that she's broken up? Like, like if she was sacrificed to stop a volcano from erupting, which I think is maybe the case for, like, the real Ampata, the Juanita mummy that I saw in Arequipa, does that mean that now that she's broken and the seal's broken and everything's broken, that the volcano starts erupting again? I think we don't have to assume that she was sacrificed for any good reason. Like... They might have believed that sacrificing her would have stopped the volcano from erupting, but they could have been wrong. Maybe she never which, had to die. Uh, which, which they were, because it's an active volcano that's been active for, like, you know, the whole time since the real mummy was found. But, but yeah. So and just then like that, that, that she, she never had and to then, And then it's like the Steven Seagal guy. He's like, we need to keep her dead. So the volcano. So then I'm wondering about him. And I'm like, I'm like if, if he well, believes yeah. that keeping her dead stops the volcano erupting, but the volcano has been erupting constantly ever since... What's he you been know, up has, to? Has he ever questioned, you know, his role in this? And you know, I, I, yeah, I just think there's a chain of, 
There's a chain of like responsibilities. So this is what I like about like if I'm gonna focus on what I like about this episode. Which you know, why not? Yeah. It's we it's focused how, on what we don't like quite a lot, so Yeah. It, 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 it's how it works with like responsibility, like people's uh-huh. cult- cultural inherited responsibilities and the sacrifices that that entails and how that's unfair and how we're pitted against each other in ways that aren't our fault but that we kind of have no choice but to go along with Mm. you know um and and i feel like quite a lot of it the episode works towards seeing Ampada and Buffy as being you know comparable sort of figures in Mm -hmm. these inherited destinies but the episode doesn't necessarily do enough to show Steven Seagal as being, again, one of these people mm. with these inherited destinies that maybe doesn't make so much sense anymore. But it's just, you know, it's, it's what they got to do. It's yeah. what they got to do. I think you're right. Um, any closing comments on Inca Mummy Girl from you? Um, Not really. So Buffy kind of acknowledges it's quite... It, it's quite an abrupt ending, in a way, compared to other episodes. Um, mm-hmm. I don't feel like we have a lot in the way of kind of like post-fight resol- resolution or We, we, we just have that like one little chat between Buffy and Xander, right? Yeah, where Buffy kind of acknowledges that Ampata... So, so Xander's sad about how... Oh, he's feeling sorry for himself again, isn't he? But he's like, oh yeah, you know, my girl I fancied is like mommy and then Buffy's like well you know she wasn't evil she just well Buffy says she wasn't evil at least at first I don't know man like if I had to like suck souls in order to stay alive I think there could be a really nice alternative spin-off series if they hadn't killed her <gasps> okay where so wh- she has wh- to find people who deserve to die so I would set up a tinder profile where mm. I'd be like I love Boris Johnson mm. and fox hunting. And mm-hmm. then I would use that to to only suck the life force from people who don't deserve to be alive. That would be <laughs> a really nice, like, yeah, I think we could we could work on that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like killing the killing the deserving, like if you have to, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um but well, also like, you know, who... without 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 talking about deserving, like we're in the we've we've got the privilege of being able to decide who's deserving and who's not, because we're not, you know, finding the life draining from our bodies yeah, at yeah, like yeah. an astonishing rate. When that's facing you, you you've got to make these decisions very quickly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I completely yeah, I'm on Ampeta's side even to the end, like not just at the beginning. I think that yeah, yeah. If anything, it was pretty shitty of them to, to let her die. Again. Yeah, yeah. No, like obviously, I think I don't think we're supposed to be. I think I think that's the complication of the episode. Is like we're not supposed to hate Ampata. We're no. supposed to, we're supposed to sympathize with her plight. Yeah. Um. I don't think Xander's that bad in this episode. No, no, Do you know, he's not. like I think I don't think he's any worse than Buffy is. No, because because no. Buffy, as we've talked about in all these all these, like the only reason that they don't detect Ampata for so long is because Buffy is just like, yes, you are poor. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yes. <laughs> um. So. Yeah. So, no. I mean. Yeah. Xander is okay in this episode. He just. Yeah. I. I just. I shouldn't. I, he's he should be he's allowed to feel a bit sorry for himself, isn't yeah. he? I'm being unfair. 
yeah no like and i i i do think like as we get into series three and four and stuff like you know the Zand like xander is the worst in series one yes he does a couple of egregious things in series two like he, they are very egregious but then i think from series three onwards he's, he's i know yeah you know um i'm never gonna like him as much as most Oz. of the others <laughs> but he's yeah he's fine yeah um definitely not as much as Oz. I'm really excited about Oz arriving. I know, oh, I know. and we didn't talk about that. So Oz sees Willow for the He sees Willow. He says He, he says, Who's, that, who's girl? that girl? And they think he means one of the other girls, but he doesn't. He means Willow. We think he means Ampada. Oh right, yeah, that's right. But he doesn't, and, he means Willow. Because he and sees he's going her to beautiful use... soul. He's going to use the same line again. The next time we see Oz, he's going to go, who's that girl? Um, when he sees Willow. Um, they're going to be in love. But yeah. not yet, so no spoilers. But they are. Yeah. Oh. As we are. Love We're them. Gonna love, love, love Willow them. We just want Willow to do well. She's going to. She's going to. She's she She's been sad in this episode, but she's going to blossom. She's going to shine. She's going to... Oh, the, no spoilers, but like, it's all going to happen. <laughs> we're, we're proud of her. Yeah. In advance. Yeah. We're proud of what we know that she's going to become. She's going to blossom so, so, into a beautiful so, flower. So I would say that despite the fact that this is like a very ropey episode in terms of like narrative, um, this episode does some good character building yeah. of Willow, Buffy, Xander and Giles. Yes, it like, does. It, like it, we definitely like we're building like it's a sort of. And does. It explores some of the different kind of um, demands on them, their different desires, and yeah. So I think I think this episode does its job, and as you say, the most generous reading of this episode is that it's a critique of how willing everyone is to accept these crazy narratives from someone just because they're foreign. Mm. Do you know? So maybe let's let's choose to read it that way. Yeah, but we've had to, I think we have had to do a lot of work to, to hang this script together. Yeah. And yeah. I'm glad we did it. Yeah, yeah, no, it was worth it. It was worth it. Absolutely.